what TypeScript does is you, it gives you a mechanism to say, okay, this variable is a string, this variable is a number, this is an object with property A and B that are always a string. And then yeah. the machine will say, we're good to go. That to me, it's TypeScript. It's, it's that verification you get right there. If you, if you have large projects and you want to migrate to TypeScript, don't rename all your JavaScripts to TypeScript <laughs> because then you really get into trouble. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce, and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. So again, an earlier uh, uh, episode uh, sparked uh, to get this one. Huh? We talked in uh, interactive uh, heavy applications about TypeScript. And then already uh, we said, well, okay, we have to look uh, into this in another episode. And here we are. In the meantime, we also spoke to a company called Hackages. It's focused on uh, on learning tech, and it's uh, yeah. We thought uh, let's uh, bring these guys, uh, these engineers, together and do a uh, uh, take a look at uh, TypeScript. Yes, exactly. And I'm really curious uh, what these uh, these engineers together will uh, talk about because yeah, for me again, uh, not that really that that engineering background. So it's uh, yeah, TypeScript. It, it's I know it by name, but I. I don't know how to work with it or uh, anything else, but uh, yeah, last year it was um, uh, mentioned as the yeah, one of the five most promising languages. So uh, yeah, let's let's talk about TypeScript and time to introduce the guests, Peter Paul. Yeah, just just before doing that, I have to say because I also said that in that previous episode, there's one thing that I learned from the engineers and my teams. And when they look at TypeScript and they then they always said, yeah, we should have started typed. Well, <laughs> I think that will also be a part of, of, this, uh, uh, of yep. this episode. And uh, I just had to get it off my chest because now there's space, of course, to introduce uh, our guests. So uh, today again, we have uh, Niels van Midden. He's a software engineer specialized in front-end uh, at Bol.com. Uh, we have uh, Davy and Joan, who's a software engineer at Hackages. And he uh, said, well, uh, yeah, I could be the guy that uh, make you adapt TypeScript. So we're really curious uh, about your experience after listening to this uh, podcast. And we have Kasper Peule. He's a full stack engineer at uh, Bol.com. Last year's working mostly on uh, on the front end. So also really uh, yeah knowledgeable on this uh, subject. So uh, yeah, it's great to have you guys. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks for having us. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Hey, I think most of our listeners uh, know uh, know Bol.com as uh, being uh, yeah the uh, the large uh, the large uh, uh, yeah retailing platform uh, in the Netherlands, Belgium. Uh, but uh, Hackages, uh, David, could you shortly introduce it? Yeah, um, uh, actually, again, uh, thanks for ha having me. And uh, so Hackages is a company based. Uh, we started in Belgium in 2016, and, and now we ha we also have an office in in the Netherlands in Amsterdam. You can define Hackages as a community-based company. We focus on education. We organize a lot of co uh, coding sessions around anything JavaScript, Java.net. So it's all about sharing knowledge, and by doing these activities, we discover something that was important for most of business was how do you keep your developers up to date? How do you test, assess that they have the, the, the right skills to do the job? And how can you um, uh, help companies with these two elements to grow a business? So hackages use education to basically uh, uplift any, any company uh, uh, in, their, in their journey. That's what we do at Hackages. We're just a small group of people, uh, 30 people uh, uh, in both countries. And um, yeah, uh, that's what I, I can say about Hackages. Cool. Yeah. Clear, thanks. Okay. So, and um, yeah, and, and I think that, that uh, yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that, uh, that uh, yeah, holds for both companies is that we like uh, knowledge sharing and uh, 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 bringing forward uh, uh, new things into the world and uh, also 
given that uh, both companies have a lot of experience with certain things, it's good to share uh, about things and we uh, all feel quite passionate uh, about that. So yeah, for the for the listeners who uh, uh, haven't used it, and I'm self also not that deep into it that I would have a good definition. What is TypeScript? <laughs> Niels, you go. Maybe, I think this, uh, uh, this is a typical question for Casper. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll try this one. Uh, so. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, whenever you are writing JavaScript and you have an, uh, say a parameter of your function, uh, you, you have no idea how it's going to be called, right? Uh, you, you, you can say like, let's name it as a string or a number or whatever, but you actually have no idea. And, uh, and at, uh, in the beginning of a project, it doesn't make so much sense because you're calling those functions yourself, right? And you, you know that you always give a string to that function or you're always given a number or a string and you type check that, but at some point, you have this comple complex objects that you get from the back end and, uh, and, and they are manipulated here and there and you have no idea uh, what you actually have and, uh, and you get all kinds of null pointer exceptions uh, everywhere uh, because uh, you don't have those, this information and, and someone else is joining the team and, uh, and he, he maybe have no idea that actually this thing has to be set when it actually loads or, or whatever. So there are all kinds of errors that are triggered and what, what TypeScript just does is you, it gives you a mechanism to say, okay, this variable is a string, this variable is a number, this is an object with property A and B that are always a string. And, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, because of that, it gives some kind of, uh, uh, yeah, uh, type checking uh, on, the, on the, and actually on your uh, compile time level. And, uh, uh, and, and then you can also, of course, say your return type is one of the great things of, uh, of type is that it can mostly infer your return type just by how you use it. So uh, yeah, th th that's I think uh, my short introduction uh, about the TypeScript. <laughs> I have a I have a down to hurt uh, definition of TypeScript. Um, uh, so if if you go to a pharmacy, for example, to buy medicine, right? You you arrive at a cashier, you want to pay, right? So you want to pay with cash. If you think of it like you, you so you take two pharmacies. The first one has a way to check if your money is real. And the other one doesn't have it, right? So if you uh, the, the way you see TypeScript is um, when you give the money, you give five euros before they even uh, uh, make an operation with that to put that in the in the, in their account, saying we receive five euros. There is this mechanism like the, you see that little machine they put the 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 the, the money through it, and then yeah. the machine will say we're good to go. That to me, it's TypeScript. It's it's that verification you get right there that says, let's go, let's execute the operation because we validated that the money you gave was real. So it's what Casper just said. Did you give me a string when I ask you for a number? That's that that's that checking process you put right there in the middle. And uh, yeah. yes, but it's basically checking if your if the money you hand over is actually a euro, a dollar of. Uh, just a piece of paper. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's that's the mm. way I, I, I like it uh, when I explain TypeScript to people. Yeah. 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 And then maybe for a, a more backend engineer kind of uh, mindset, of course, if you do Java or C sharp, that has types as well. So so basically, it gives those kind of safety that you're maybe used on the backend to the front end. And uh, yeah, some will say the TypeScript goes also a lot further in, in that than you, you could do with Java. That's a, yeah, a much stricter and much more sound type system, for example. If you want, you can make sure that you will, won't have null point exceptions on the runtime. <laughs> they are all checked for you uh, at the compile time. Yeah. But the way you explain it, Casper, uh, is that it kind of gets on top of JavaScript, or is it is it totally replacing JavaScript? Um, Yes, yeah, that's actually, so that's one, this, this smart thing the TypeScript does compared with all its competitors, because you had in the early uh, 2010s, you had, you had Dart, you had uh, ActionScript, you had... Uh, CoffeeScript. Yeah, 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 CoffeeScript, you had, uh, yeah. but what, what, uh, what TypeScript does is actually, uh, you can, if you just use the default settings of, uh, of TypeScript, uh, without any strict uh, mode enabled, you can just have a, a JavaScript file, you can just change the file name to TS, <laughs> and then you can start uh, writing. And basically, what you do then is okay. Let's okay. I know actually this 
this uh, parameter always has to be a string. So I will just add the annotation that this has to be a string. And then it will start complaining. So it will first be uh, yeah, a superset, basically, of JavaScript. And then you add the type, and then it says, like, OK, but if you say it's your string, I see that here it's used as a number. <laughs> so maybe you want to do uh, something about that. So that is basically uh, how, uh, how it is. Uh, how, how people can really easily adopt a uh, 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 TypeScript, and uh, yeah, so I see those also supersets. Uh, if you if you have large projects and you want to migrate to TypeScript, don't rename all your JavaScripts to TypeScript <laughs> files because <laughs> then you really get into trouble. Yeah, just do not only with the code, not not only troubles with the code, but also troubles with your team because yeah. they're gonna <laughs> hate you. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so, so you're now talking about mig migration stuff. Let's talk about that later on. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Peter Paul said, yeah, but my team members always say we should have started typed. Uh, that relates to the next question. What what are types and how are they used in uh, TypeScript? Can you elaborate on that? Uh, Dave, do you want to? Uh... Yeah. So yeah. Um, basically, uh, you have the, the idea of a type is um, it, it's a contract. It's a contract that basically says, um, I have uh, four elements, and anyone who wants to uh, uh, consume me needs to ha have those four elements included. It's a contract. You, you, it's, it's basically you sign on the paper like, hey, I, I, want, I want to work. I, I, I'm working at bold.com. You sign the contract. So you abide to that contract. So if you do anything that doesn't align with that contract, then you're actually um, violating the contract. So the, someone should raise a flag like, hey, what you just did there isn't aligned with the contract. So that's the way you, you should think about type. But type is not a new thing. Type has been around for ages. So most of programming language out there, you're going to see like most popular, I would say, like uh, 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 Java, uh, uh, C sharp, um, you have, uh, um, uh, we talk about Dart. Did, uh, if those languages there have a type system, and, uh, and, and based on that type system, you can write applications that are predictable with less bugs, because as long as people respect the contract, you're good to go. But on the other side, you have the non-type, because if you define type, you should be able to define the non-type. The non-type version is, um, it's, 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 it's basically, there is an assumption. You work with that assumption, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. The main difference there is with, an, with the, a type system, you can see the error before even running the program, most of the time. And with the non-type, it's usually when you're running the program that you actually see that you you broke something. That that's the way I will put it. Um, in yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a really good uh, way to put it. And also this difference. And, and, and you also what you mentioned is like that you have less bugs. And when you make some kind of statement, you always get. And I was also one of those guys that said like, yeah, well, I can write bug for JavaScript. There's no problem. I will just make sure that I. You know, test all the things. You know, we have, we have, we have unit tests, we have end-to-end tests. I can make sure that it will be bug-free before I put it on production. But I think the uh, uh, the main thing that TypeScript does is it, it will solve bugs for you. That's definitely the case. But it will also make make sure that those that you won't make errors while you are are, are bringing your thing to production. So the the feedback cycle is much faster. So if yeah. I just uh, uh, use the wrong property. I may only find it out in a very late stage. Uh, the, the 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 business analyst is already trying to accept it, and so oh, but this error flow actually the the the, the page freezes, and I'm like oh shit, I, I completely missed that one. Well, with TypeScript, I would already you know maybe a month ago <laughs> I would already have found it that this this thing won't work. So I think the the main thing is that the the feedback cycle gets insanely uh, uh, yeah uh, I say say. Uh, it takes it takes it doesn't take a long time anymore, and and within milliseconds, when you're writing code, you get this feedback, and uh, I, I know that at some point when I started doing very much types with the ball, I was like, I can write now for an hour at the time without trying to refresh the page in my home browser, you know, and that is, uh, you know, normally what what you see many front end engineers do. Is they just have one page of the browser and one page they're writing, and then they constantly, like every two minutes, checking did I screw up? 
And with TypeScript, you actually don't have to, to do that anymore. You can just think about it, write everything down, and you can be yeah. quite sure that when you start testing it, it's actually doing what you expected, or maybe one if and else class is, is working, but the, the general flow is just working normally. And that is uh, really powerful, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the way you dis describe it, uh, um, it, it sounds like uh, yeah, really beneficial for every project, every uh, front-end uh, uh, program. Uh, but I assume that, that there are some use cases that you really should use it, but also some use cases that you, you better don't use it. Can you elaborate on that? What, what yes, use sir. cases uh, do typically benefit from it? So if you work in uh, a small teams and really small application, or you just have to write a simple script, then it's not, yeah, I, I would say it's always beneficial but it's not so important. So I think if you work in bigger teams and your application starts to grow um, and that you don't have an overview uh, alone or what you're, with your team together on what's going on exactly anymore because your code, code base simply starts to grow that big. Yeah, that's, that's where the power of, of TypeScript comes into play because um, you write some code and you instantly tell something about that code, what it actually means, uh, and that can be picked up by others. That is uh, a that I think definition of TypeScript. Uh, if you go on the, uh, the, the typescriptlang.org website, the definition of TypeScript that you see there is JavaScript that scales. So this is explained uh, uh, what that means, the, the skill and how you can. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, is, yeah. Exactly. If you're with one person, it will it will be fine. You know everything. You you wrote everything yourself. If you are with ten people, you you probably uh, really benefit already from TypeScript. And if you have uh, an organization like Bold.com, you have maybe uh, thirty engineers working on the same kind of of code base and millions lines of code. Uh, yeah, then then it is almost essential. I think also one thing that they said when when they did uh, when they wrote TypeScript is that the problem Microsoft they had that they had a lot of projects that they considered read-only code <laughs> because they 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 knew the one that actually maintained it was already left. You know, nobody had the idea <laughs> uh, uh, what was going on there, and they, and they said like this is read-only code. You, you can't write things on top of it or, or, or with it, but you cannot touch it because we don't know if it will break. <laughs> so that is, that's basically, I think, uh, it will make uh, your JavaScript uh, uh, also write, uh, writable, not only readable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so another example is also if, if you work for yourself, you just have to build a simple script, but you're not, but you will not be touching it for, let's say, a year or two years. Then that then come also TypeScript into into play because uh, if you if you uh, look at your code after a year or two years, you, uh, sometimes you don't have a clue what's what's uh, what you've written uh, back then. So if you use TypeScript, uh, it instantly tells something about your code and you can easily pick it up. Yeah, yeah I think there are also some some of the strange front end patterns that you will check like. Reluctantly, like if a property is actually accessible, you would say like if a is not null, if a dot b is not null, if a dot b dot c is not null, then and then I will try to method d on that thing yeah, you know, yeah. because yeah. You, you you have no idea like any of those can be null at any point of time and and, and maybe come from a backend service that you don't know, maybe it comes from an other front ender that made that object and you have no, no idea. So you try to be very safe with everything, but when you write TypeScript, at some point you actually know hey. A, B, and C are always there. That is just our contract that we have with this backend. You know, yeah. where we maybe you generate a driver from the backend, or you have the contract so as we have in Ball. And uh, yeah, it gives you just like <laughs> you're writing the code without being scared that every time you can screw up, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, 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 there are two two other elements that uh, are interesting to take into account when you you look at. Uh, yeah, just to go back to your question, Peter, uh, like TypeScript, uh, uh, at first we mentioned TypeScript is a superset of JavaScript, right? So the scalability part there is uh, comes comes also with the fact that there are things in TypeScript, when you say superset, there are things in TypeScript that don't exist in JavaScript, which means that 
you will be sometime writing TypeScript code because you, if you come from a Java background or a, or a C sharp, you know things like interfaces. But if you start working with JavaScript, they don't exist in JavaScript. But then TypeScript gives you the opportunity to use them, but then we'll still translate that into JavaScript at the end because it's, 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 it's what it transpiled to, but it, it helps you use concepts like advanced concepts in uh, object-oriented programming, but still you're writing JavaScript behind the scene. And if you look at the code written in JavaScript, next to uh, the code written in TypeScript and what it generates, if you write interface on the generator, it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird feeling. You're like, did I just write interface in my code? But then on the, the, the code that will be deployed to the clients, there is no interface. There is, no, there is no there. interpretation no. of that. And that is the moment if you, uh, that is also something that helped the growth of that, that, that tool is because all the C-sharp .NET developers just move, start using that tool and, and they felt like at home. Uh, <laughs> I can do polymorphism now in the front end. What the fuck is that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's also one. one in, so basically, indeed, if you do a TSC or, or if you use Babel in, in combination with TypeScript, if you compile actually the TypeScript, what it does is actually it just removes the type annotations. It removes the interfaces. It removes anything that on runtime actually doesn't exist anymore. And so, so in, in some some people also think like our oh, TypeScript is a compile language. Is maybe faster than JavaScript or, or whatever. But that's actually not the benefit because that's a lot of people think like okay, if you have Java and C sharp, this is faster than the dynamic languages and the interpreted language like Python or Ruby. But that's not the case at all. The only the only thing it does. It, it removes those uh, things. And, and, and what you also can do, even if you have type errors, like if you use the TS nodes, so uh, that's often what I do with a command line script, then, then you can also say like, I just want to run it, even though it has compile time errors. <laughs> so then it, it still will work, right? It will just uh, remove all those uh, annotations and we'll just uh, start running it, but it may crash, you know, because yeah, you have errors in, production you probably don't want to do that but yeah. actually that's also one thing even uh, even uh, with webpack or whatever you can just start writing code even if it crashes uh, as a compile time level and then uh, and then and then fix it before you merge it properly but, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, i think an interesting uh, thing about it. yeah so so as an engineer you have the option to either strip all your types at uh, compile time or to compile them so it's a matter of configuration so if yeah, you yeah. use the Babel configuration, you can strip all your types. So you have slim bundles that you ship to, to your client, but you could also opt in to uh, to really compile your types with uh, TS Loader, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So so I think that's also one interesting thing is that like a, a compile time language. Is, uh, basically, what what people get from it is more that it's an extremely intelligent linter, right? Yes, yeah. that is, uh, 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 and, uh, and even uh, and, and TypeScript can even also there's a, a mode that you actually can use JavaScript, and you will instead of use uh, type annotations, you use documentation annotations, and you put the types in an annotation that is actually not on your code, but it will exactly the same way. It will just say like, hey, this thing is documented as being a, a, a string or a number or whatever. And uh, and then uh, all, there won't be any compile time step, but uh, you will still have this super intelligent uh, <laughs> uh, linter that will track for you uh, if you uh, yeah. if you mess up, basically. <laughs> yeah, a super intelligent linter with auto completion. So, uh, for example, if you uh, start writing a React component, it auto completes uh, your properties and it auto completes the values that your properties can can have, for example. So. Also for an engineer, it makes your life so much easier than have to guess what it should actually receive. All right, hey, yeah, maybe it's, it's good uh, to, to dive a bit into the details in, in how we uh, use TypeScript in Bot.com and uh, maybe let Davey uh, react on that if he see the similar use cases uh, outside uh, Bot.com. So uh, yeah, Casper Niels, can you uh, explain how we got, uh, yeah, how we introduced it, uh, when and why, and uh, in what area. 
I think yes. Niels, Niels actually introduced it, so so I think he can uh, start. <laughs> yeah, so uh, when I started I like working... you, Niels. I, I like you a lot already. You did that. It's <laughs> really good. Fantastic. Well, I was not well the done. only one. Uh, so when I started to work at uh, Ball, it was uh, three years ago, uh, we started this new project. We've, we've built uh, the new checkout for, uh, for the shop, uh, completely written in React. Um, and um, the setup was a little bit different than the rest of our shop. So the, the rest of our shop was typical uh, Java backend um, uh, with the handlebars front end with the contract layer in between. But um, yeah, we, we, we left that handlebars front end for what it is and only consumed the contract layer. But the contract layer was typically something that could only be consumed uh, by handlebars and the Java backend. Um, and, and obviously the checkout is written in uh, uh, React and JavaScript. Um, but when our application started to grow, also TypeScript was evolving quite quite good in that time. So it was, the, I think, the right moment to adopt it. So when, when our application started to grow, um, you couldn't instantly see anymore um, uh, how our application was uh, shaped. So you, you couldn't read the application with one overview anymore. So um, uh, then we came with the idea to adopt TypeScript to make it more readable and scalable uh, again. Uh, but we had to do something with those schemas, that contract layer that we already had in the Java backend. So then we came up with a script that um, generated TypeScript interfaces from those uh, schemas. Um, and then we suddenly had a, 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 a typed application back again, because all those uh, schemas that were meant for the backend were now also working for our front-end application. So uh, yeah, that, that's how it evolved. And um, yeah, when we started the adoption with the checkout later on some some other parts of the shop also came where we use uh, web components for example or other small react applications so uh, yeah that's basically the, the the story in a nutshell nice yeah. so is that, is that actually what you're saying the checkout is that complex that you kind of need this uh, yeah definitely yeah <laughs> Gaspar, this this might be a nice uh, question for you yeah, so, so there's just a shitload of information that comes together from all kinds of different backend services with all kinds of, of properties. So if you look at our just our basic page load, uh, yeah, that is just very complex. And then we also have to store that uh, in the Redux store to, uh, to um, uh, yeah, make sure uh, uh, that, that we constantly can refresh the, the, the data that we get from the backend. Uh, and uh, yeah, actually, we talked about it in the Storybook podcast. Uh, mm. But... Uh, but this is, is, it is so complex and, and actually uh, it's maybe a little bit, yeah. So we had actually a, a, an issue on production uh, a couple of, of days ago that, uh, that w was there for, 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 for two hours and it cost us a shitload of money. And it was a, a part of our application that was not yet in TypeScript. And it was just a tiny mistake. So, so, so we are talking about a lot of money here, of course, if you just, uh, yeah, and, and, and because we are all a client-side uh, 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 framework, we use React, uh, any, any kind of problem that you, that you have can result in, in a, a component uh, disappearing for your page or, or freezing or that you actually cannot use the execute payment button. So we, we want all the kind of coverage that we can, uh, we want to have that. So uh, yeah, we're really happy with that, and uh, we're already marketing the last piece uh, now to type. <laughs> and and how was the adoption then? Because uh, uh, the, the the scenario you you're explaining there is really common, uh, but uh, because it's usually like backend people. Because uh, Niels, I guess you had already some backend experience. Uh, Right. Uh, no, I'm I'm really a, a JavaScript developer. Not, uh, okay, not, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the adoption on, in your team, like how many people were there and how was the, you know, how did you adopt that? Do you make sure that people can adopt it or you just went brute force? Uh, 
git push force. <laughs> no, no, no. So I was, I was doing this together with a, uh, a former colleague, uh, which was uh, a, a Java engineer. Uh, and we set this up uh, together. And then, um, yeah, I think, I think the, um, yeah, I think organically grow or something. I, I didn't really push it. I think others also saw the benefits of uh, using it and um, um, showing that the application was uh, stable all the time and there weren't made that many mistakes in the in the front end. So uh, yeah, I think other people could see that that it actually yeah. worked. I think I think one uh, one thing we did with the well because I have also some internal projects uh, that I've seen uh, in, in my company that I work for that also adopted TypeScript. But uh, I think the, the one of the most important things is that you start with the bound the typing the boundaries of your application, the data that comes in because fr from that a lot of things follows. And uh, uh, so we we, we started the sort of schemas that Niels was talking about is actually what we get back from the back and the JSON responses basically. And, and, and that is where the data comes in and, and the data then gets transformed and transformed and in the end it ends in the UI component. But all those functions can basically in TypeScript infer what, what is going to be returned based on the arguments that you get from the, the backend basically. So, but if you start the other way around, if you're just going to say like, hey, this is my uh, UI component and I uh, kind of expected this, this object has this kind of properties, you get actually constant conflict because what you are saying is actually not what you're getting, basically. You're, yeah, you're, you're yeah. kind of guessing like, okay, or runtime probably get this, uh, but then you see, oh, sometimes it's actually null. No. Okay, then I will say that sometimes no. So you, you start to basically the other, the other way around. So yeah. I think that's, uh, that's really important uh, to somehow make sure that you, the data that's, that's it comes in your application that it is uh, typed. Yeah, I think what what also was an important aspect of the uh, adoption is that we uh, we made stops uh, like uh, really front end stops, JavaScript uh, stops uh, that were um, uh, typed with those generated TypeScript interfaces, and with those stops. We write our tests, we write our components in isolation in Storybook, for example. And if you do that uh, good enough, then you can basically build your whole application in a tool like Storybook, uh, like we did, uh, without having uh, to think of the whole shop ecosystem. So it it also makes development, front-end development, way faster than it um, sometimes is in uh, larger companies. Yeah, much, uh, yeah, much more enjoyable indeed. Yeah. Yeah, that is, and that is like, uh, so when we started, uh, before Niels introduced the TypeScript, uh, it, was, it, it, it takes 15 minutes for the Java backend to basically start up. And then you, you have another five or 10 minutes that it actually starts, uh, runtime things tries to start up. So before you actually, uh, you know, when you start your morning, before your, your, your backend gives something back, it takes a shitload of time, but then even, if you all started up, it can be that because we have a microservice landscape in Bol, we have all kinds of, of, of services. We have, I think, 80 services that all have to be up in this test environment for, for the checkout, which is the end station. So it needs all this kind of information from the product, from the delivery moments, from the payment suggestions, all this kind of data it needs. And if, if any of those failed, we basically didn't have to page if I could work on some, some sometimes. Yeah. I was just for 80% for, for of my day going to teams like, hey, could you please maybe make sure that the test environment is up because <laughs> we cannot verify this flow or cannot de develop anymore. And then, uh, you know, with this, with this generated uh, TypeScript interfaces, we just went to fill that, you know, with all kinds of mock data. And just like pretend the whole ecosystem doesn't exist, we just make sure that this data is built, and we can uh, start uh, making UI. So that yeah, yeah that, that saves us uh, so so much time. And I think it's also it's kind of makes you also kind of a better programmer because you are going to think about hey, what's an integrated environment and non-integrated environment, and how can I make yeah, we, we mostly do component tests or, or unit tests is also of course a thing. Yeah, yeah, even the yeah. complete dictionary is typed, right? Yeah, yeah, the complete dictionary yeah, that we get is a union of strings. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> Type everything. Of literal, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literal. But, but it makes it that you can easily translate to another language uh, without failure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
And how, how strict are you guys with TypeScript now? At which level of strictness? You, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so, so basically, we, we started with not so strict because that's the way it's easy to adopt, it's easily to sell for TypeScript, but also as a developer to another developer. Like, hey, you can just kind of use it. And, and, and I think how, how people sell to you get suddenly out of completion, out of, uh, out of nothing. So suddenly, all those methods also from external libraries, you just press dot and you see all the suggestions. That's actually, you know, correct suggestions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, but, uh, but at some point you are, are you, you find out that you have also, um, how do you say? I think at some point you, you go from wanting out of completion to wanting actually to prove some kind of correctness about your program. I think that's the, 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 the when you when you grow up in your TypeScript journey, at some point you're like, I, it's just, I don't want you to just type faster and autocomplete everything. I just actually want to know that this will, won't give runtime errors. And then you're going to go to other things like uh, non-nullable non by default, uh, that you make sure that every type is guaranteed non-nullable, except if you say, hey, it's actually a union of this string and an undefined type or a null type, because you have all kinds of different null values, of course, <laughs> in, the, in TypeScript, uh, or in JavaScript. And uh, yeah, so we 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 uh, we we put also that uh, flag on, and uh, and now we are actually trying to. The next step that we want is to put no implicit any. This uh, this is a flag uh, that that you can never just forget your type parameter because that's basically the the thing that is why it makes it easy to adopt is you can't forget your parameters and work yeah. with errors. But at some point, you want TypeScript to show you, oh shit, I forget my parameters, and that is. Uh, so <laughs> so we, we have we have these rule packages where we um, uh, it's a bucket. So uh, uh, you 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 pay between two to five euro for each any that you have in your code. <laughs> nice. So but but then we give you we give you a first um, uh, like um, how do you call that uh, like a credit, right? We just like okay, you have credit because sometime you might need any. So that's why we give you already a credit, but once you expire that credit, every any is just uh, money in the <laughs> money in the bucket, uh, yeah. in the pocket, and then you have to readjust and uh, uh, learn how to type it correctly. Um, and so, and yeah. how much money is in the bucket right now? Well, uh, at the beginning, you could get uh, about twenty euro a day easily. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, that that would that was good for the the end of the week beer or uh, <laughs> nice. or nice. Yeah. It sounds like a very uh, tangible arrow budget, like in SRE practices, but then then the real yeah. uh, money version. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And David, do you recognize this adoption uh, in uh, yeah, in the companies you work with? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, without without mentioning names here, uh, I see the the Java, Java to React transition, where actually Java developers are about to do React, and then they're like, "Yeah, what are we doing JavaScript?" And then they realize that the uh, Java is a set of like classes, contract, interfaces, so they realize that they can use those, uh, 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 they can generate types, and then uh, these types there, they, uh, this, this interface there, they can then use it in React, it makes their life much, much, much uh, easier and, uh, and joyful. But the, um, at one of our clients, we had this huge code base, and one of the guys was pushing to have TypeScript out of the, uh, like right away, and uh, didn't understand that. Don't put a, a implicit any to false right away. So don't put strict to true right away. Because if you put it put it on day one, you're gonna lose the entire team. So the adoption took much more time than when uh, 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 they started just by putting the TypeScript compiler. And then let it let it run behind the scene. Don't even tell people that it's there. <laughs> they will just see some. They, they will just see some red line from time to time. I mean, they have to know that TypeScript is there. But then allow them to put any. So to 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 quiet the the compiler, allow them to put any. But then later on, tell them like, okay, 
look, string, you know that's a string, right? Put a string here. That's a number. And now, oh, that class, I don't have it. Okay. Can you just generate an interface from the backend and then you have it? So slowly, that adoption, uh, uh, um, it worked better that way. But it, it works much better with uh, C-sharp developers. I don't know if you know it, but uh, the architect behind uh, TypeScript is the same behind C-sharp. It's the, yeah, same, the same architect at Microsoft. And there are a lot of things that were brought up from C-sharp. So uh, if you look at TypeScript and C-sharp, you can, for them, it's like, this is the same thing. <laughs> so it it's, yeah. makes it really easier for them to 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 migrate uh, migrate there. Um, but we still have a lot of uh, people at companies like a bank, a bank uh, um, uh, in in Belgium. It's really difficult for them. They're like, no, we don't want to go. We know what we're doing. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You're you're missing out on something. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you so, you will only understand that you're missing out on something once you've adopted it. Yeah, indeed. Really. Yeah. indeed. Uh, and I, I 100% present agree with this. Like, you have to to put those the straight flags off for a little bit just to to get people in. And because JavaScript people usually yeah they will complain about everything. Like, oh, why doesn't TypeScript doesn't understand this? Why does TypeScript doesn't understand that? So while actually TypeScript is a super flexible language, like <laughs> indeed, if yeah. you are coming from Java, you're like, what the fuck, does, does, does TypeScript know all the things? But if you're going from JavaScript, you think like, yeah, I could do this. Now suddenly I need to prove that this variable is not null. While I know, because I set it in this data test attribute yeah. or this data attribute, and I always do that. So why the fuck do I need to check this? Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And, and in the beginning, for engineers, it 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 costs quite some investment to to type uh, the more complex yeah. uh, methods or functions because I I, I reckon that I, I I've sometimes I've spent like half a day just typing a more complex function, <laughs> but at the yeah. end it's worth it because it gives you feedback afterwards all the time. Yeah. In your implementation. Yeah, the feeling of wasting time typing those things, and then you just go like, any uh, five euro, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think indeed also like those those very complex things in a lot of languages. There is some kind of some kind of things like you just don't write code like this. You don't write objects that are so flexible. But uh, what types you try to do is uh, try to make. Uh, uh, to type all existing JavaScript. <laughs> so basically yeah. all those strange patterns that you have. So for example, in JavaScript, you may have a function that sometimes gives back a string and sometimes gives back minus one. And like that are two options. Like, is, are there many languages that can type that correctly? Well, <laughs> TypeScript will for you, yeah. It can just say like, it's either minus one, it's not minus two, it can only be minus one, or it is one of uh, any any string. So it goes very, uh, very far in that. and. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, if you get used to all those uh, tricks that there are, like either conditional types or type predicates, then then yeah, any any JavaScript that you have written, you will be able to make it type safe. But it it can be yeah. quite a challenge. It's advanced patterns. <laughs> so yeah, then you see the actually the majority of uh, teams using it, and depends on the the strictness of the rules. So there's. A relation with that and uh, yeah when you start using it that's what you say don't be that string because yeah then you you, you will lose lose people to, uh, to yeah. use it yeah yeah at some point everyone's in love and it's like well, why are we not typing everything what is this for <laughs> yeah. Ch yeah. Ch change management for software engineers yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've, I've also sometimes like uh, for example we have uh, we get delivery moments back from some uh, services microservices in the in the backend and it uh, and every delivery moment in bulk it can be either a delivery date like okay uh, tomorrow or it can be a delivery range it can be like from tomorrow until uh, two weeks and uh, uh, what, what we, how we first typed it was of course okay that's our boat nullable fields because only one of the two is actually right right either it is a, a moment or it is a range but typescript will then tell you okay but uh, so you, you check okay is the is it not a delivery moment 
and then you, you you kind of assume okay then it must be a delivery range the types give uh, then will complain like hey but i don't know if they're different it could also both be nil right and that is actually uh, for those kind of things people are like oh, okay I'm, I'm just going to override the, the, the type system or going to make it any because i just want to to do it but at some point you actually learn that this relationship that either one of can be nil but it can be typed with the combination of union and intersections you can actually say like only one of those two is nil. It can never be nil at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, so, so, so I think that's the kind of process that you get at some point that you can, because it's such an advanced system that you can, uh, uh, that won't be in your way anymore, and that it will uh, give you the, the correctness that you need. Yeah. And then you know you're really uh, mature. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Paul, uh, before we go to the closing round, uh, man, because we're running uh, towards yeah. the end of the, the podcast, um, do you have questions left? I think that's that uh, before they, they, uh, we also have the most important takeaway, I think we touched upon migrations uh, really a lot. Uh, but is there one important point that we haven't mentioned yet that you would like to share with the listeners about migrating to TypeScript? Yeah, don't start. If you, if you have a big project and you migrate to TypeScript, don't do everything at once. Start small, uh, see how that evolves, uh, get better in uh, uh, write, writing uh, uh, TypeScript, and then uh, slowly migrate to the rest of your uh, uh, application. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and don't, like and don't, don't put anything too, too strict right away. Uh, or don't um, rename all your files to uh, with a TypeScript uh, extension, because uh, at okay. the end you don't have an overview what's uh, what files are properly typed or what files are not. So uh, yeah, be yeah. smart, be clever uh, on that. It's a uh, win step by step, not <laughs> with a big bang, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like, like to add to that, that start at your your boundaries of your applications from the data that comes in, like the context that you have, and then you also have something to mock if you if you would like to do that, and then uh, uh, start to, with the more uh, internal details of your own applications. Yeah, I, it's like to to me it's three steps: just make it work the first time, make it explicit. That's where you start doing like no implicit, no implicit any, and then be strict it's like like that's when you like the third step so uh, to me that those are the three steps once you have that uh, nailed down you're good uh but it can take months between each step yeah 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 but when you reach the the third step there there is some magic in typescript that uh you start programming you start type programming it's, it, it becomes like you're programming with types. Like if you start using things like, um, uh, um, okay, there is a thing called read-only. There is a, a property extension called read-only or um, a thing where you can say, pick from an object, only pick certain properties from an object. <laughs> Uh, then, then uh, in, in, you, but in JavaScript, you will probably write a function that will just select this, these properties. But in TypeScript, you can just use a type and you pass it an, uh, uh, another type. And then that first type will be able to say, based on that object that has three properties, I'm only taking one and I'm going to generate a new type based on just that element. That yeah. is type programming. That's the way. I, 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 and, and, and once you reach that part, now you're going to love TypeScript, really. It's yes. like there is yeah. no way back. Uh, it's, uh, like a, that, that, it's like a good puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's also the part where where I think also backend engineers are often when they see those kind of things like what the fuck is possible in, 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 in TypeScript that you can do all those things. In, in, in Java, you would have to write you know five complete uh, models. Uh, the, yeah. the one is the internal model, the one is the external model, and all map them together. While in, in, in TypeScript, you can yeah compose types out of all other types, and it makes it yeah. Yeah, super flexible. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's really nice. <laughs> all right. 
Awesome. So that was basically these were the takeaways for the for migrating from JavaScript to TypeScript. <laughs> In general, about TypeScript, what should our listeners really know after listening to this podcast? What should be, what should be the takeaway? Yeah, I think um, the metaphor that uh, Davey described, like uh, what TypeScript actually means. Uh, you go to a store, you buy something with so, some money. Uh, and uh, one store uh, has a, a machine to check uh, whether it's actually money or euro or dollar or uh, just a blank paper and the other store doesn't and doesn't know if it actually gets paid. I think yeah. uh, I really like that metaphor. Mm, so that's the contract, yeah. 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 And checking the contract, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, the, 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 yeah it's, uh, if you do uh, it, it, to me, if I were to put it simply, I say like um, JavaScript is a super uh, TypeScript is a superset of JavaScript, which means that if you are uh, a TypeScript developer, you're doing already JavaScript. Physically, you you're actually doing JavaScript and and the future of JavaScript. That is already what you're doing as a TypeScript developer. So if you're like, yeah, I don't want to do TypeScript, but you still want to use this fancy uh, new JavaScript um, uh, 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 techniques, TypeScript might have it way before JavaScript itself has it. So that would be a good way to a good reason to actually go go there, but not the only one. But uh, the other way around, if you're a JavaScript developer, I guarantee you you're missing out on a lot of uh, 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 like gems that that are hidden in in TypeScript. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think I think for me, for me the most important part is like if you don't want. To see undefined is not a function all the time. You're checking your your own program, but you you want just to see red lines under your under your code while you're typing it. If that if that's th something you would like. Yeah, yeah <laughs> feedback then, while uh, you're programming. Yeah, feedback yeah. while you're programming instead of feedback while you're running. Yeah, but then uh, then TypeScript is something for you. <laughs> cool. Yeah, thanks. I think the the the, the three things you just described described the uh, really. Yeah, well, what we uh, just discussed, eh? we went over what, yeah, what it is and uh, how you can uh, benefit from the TypeScript uh, language. Um, we, we touched upon the migration, eh? what we did in Bulletcom, but also in more in general. And we ended up discussing, okay, what, uh, what kind of stages do you see, maturity kind of things. And uh, what Davey summed it up, uh, if, you, uh, if you start typed programming, then you're there, eh? That's, uh, but there is also no way back. So be be, be aware of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked uh, what you what you shared and uh, the, uh, yeah, these insights. And uh, I learned a lot again. So uh, thanks for your time, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!